The Jets lose a miserable game to the Falcons, and we all deserve better. That and more ahead today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, December 4th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the podcast. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, the Jets lost on Sunday to the Atlanta Falcons 13-8. to It was a game as ugly as the score would indicate. Another dreadful offensive performance by the New York Jets. It, the sad thing is, it's not even a surprise. If I had told you Sunday morning the Jets were going to lose by some ridiculous score like 13-8 to where the defense would play really well and the offense would play horribly, you probably would have believed it. In fact, it probably would have been the most likely scenario. And the Jets are now 4-8. and eight, and we can They might mathematically be alive in the playoff race, but it's over. And frankly, it's been over for weeks. We've seen where this thing's been heading. Right now, the Jets are the worst team in the NFL. I mean, they may not finish the season with the worst record. In fact, they almost certainly will not end the season with the worst record. But right now, I, I don't know that this team can win another game. Yeah, I mean, they may run into some opponent that doesn't take them seriously and looks past them the way the Rams did back in 2020. They may get some other game where just random stuff happens, like they force another four turnovers like they did in some of their wins earlier in the season. But this is a really bad team. And unless something dramatic happens, they're not going to win a game the rest of the way. They, they need like something unexpected to happen in one of these games the, the rest of the way in order to win another football game. It's just so bad. And you know something? I'm fed up with this. And I think we all deserve better than this. The Jets have created a terrible product for their fans this year. And I'm sorry. You reach a point where you can't just blame it all on Aaron Rodgers getting injured. I mean, I I look through this and whenever you have a bad season, there are always the things that go wrong that you can't blame the team for. Rodgers' injury is one of them. But there's so much, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where I look back and I say, what was this team thinking when they put the roster together? The Jets benched Alan Lazard last week. Well, he came back in this one and had zero catches for zero yards. So Alan Lazard, you know, the guy that the Jets were counting on to be their number two receiver this year, looking like as big of a free agent bust as any player the Jets have signed in the last decade. I mean, the only thing you can say for Alan Lazard is at least he was not making as much money as Trumaine Johnson did but he's giving you Trumaine Johnson level play at the wide receiver position. What Trumaine Johnson was at corner, Alan Lazard is at wide receiver this year. It, it's this bad. And the fact that you know he got benched, he was a healthy scratch last week and benched in favor of an undrafted rookie in Jason Brownlee. Well, message not received because Lazard, Lazard goes out and produces a goose egg in this game. And you know, heading into the season, was it reasonable to expect Lazard to be good? Well, you know, just look at his numbers through his career. Now, he played one game in 2018, so we won't count that. But these are the yards Lazard has produced through his career in each season. 2019, he had 477 yards. 2020, he had 451 yards. 2021, he had 513 yards. 2022, he had 788 yards. 
that was an increase, but you also have to account that Devontae Adams left the Packers in 2022. Lazard's targets went up by about two thirds. So again, 477, 451, 513, 788 in a year where his targets went way up. So, you know, those are the numbers. He's on pace for 411 right now. So maybe a little worse than what you usually get during his career, but it, we should we need to stop acting like this was a surprise that Alan Lazard wasn't going to play well. How about this offensive line? You know, Dwayne Brown, who's now, I guess, a jumbo tight end. He got, actually, Dwayne Brown got into the game yesterday and was playing the tight end position. And he was essentially, when the Jets played a couple plays, they went to six offensive linemen. Brown was the sixth offensive lineman, essentially played tight end. This guy was the plan A at left tackle. 38 years old, coming off a serious injury, got barely any training camp or preseason reps. How about Mekhi Becton? guy who hasn't played in two years. And the Jets left themselves no other options to uh, tackle. So, you know, you can sit there and say, well, they had injuries. Yeah, the plan A stunk at offensive line. The plan A was awful. And by the way, you know, quarterbacks get injured. Maybe you should have a better plan than Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle look, does not look like an NFL quarterback. He has not looked like an NFL quarterback in the two games the Jets have played with him this year. And the other thing I'll say about this is I, I don't know, like, what the rationale was for bringing this guy in. He was bad in college. He's been bad in the NFL. He's not young. And this is the guy the Jets are turning to to start games, even understanding he was the number three quarterback at the start of the season. We're going to get to him in a bit. We're, we'll talk in much more detail about this. How did they think that this guy was going to be capable of starting a game? Even by the standards of third-string quarterbacks, Tim Boyle does not hit the mark at all. He's not even remotely close to what you're looking for in a number three quarterback. And the it, that's not even getting into how they let Zach Wilson play in a year where they wanted Zach Wilson to essentially sit, that they put themselves in, in that position. You know something? This fan, this team has not won. This team has not made the playoffs since 2010. And the fact that they've put this product on the field, and by the way, raising ticket prices next season. So the Jets have put this on the field and said, you know what? You need to pay a premium for this. And by the way, people need to stop buying tickets to this team because the only reason they do it is because the people will buy the tickets. At some point, you have to say enough as a fan. Yeah, I got, they got Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know what? They didn't build a team. I think this team, offense would be, really be struggling with Aaron Rodgers in there. And Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, goodness gracious. I, I, is, can this guy call one decent play? I guess, well, I guess he did have like the one flea flicker, but this is one, one of the worst offensive teams I've ever seen. In fact, here's an amazing stat. The Jets have had three games this year where they have averaged less than 3.1 yards per play. And actually, this game was actually not one of them. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you the significance of this stat in a little bit. Three games this year where the Jets have averaged three point, less than 3.1 yards per play on offense. There have been 12 in the entire NFL this season. So the Jets account for a full quarter of games where teams average less than 3.1 yards per play this season. That's Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, I understand the Jets were built, dealt a bad blow with Aaron Rodgers. But at some point, you, know, you would need to expect more than this. You can't expect this historic level of futility. In fact, right now, the New York Jets have four wins. Three of them required these the crazy comebacks in the fourth quarter that were just uh, had, took where the games turned on these ridiculously unlikely events. You know, Buffalo turning it over deep in their territory. Jalen Hurts' interception. Let's not even talk about the Giants game. This is a Jets team that very easily could have one win right now. And I understand you don't take wins off the board, but it's not even like, you know, looking back, I mean, we were very excited after the first six weeks of the season. But looking back, you know, you look at those wins and you say, you know, Jets were really fortunate to win a lot of those games. This is just a really bad team. And I just don't think Aaron Rodgers alone can explain this. I don't think Aaron Rodgers turns you from the worst team in the NFL into a Super Bowl team. It just doesn't add up that way. 
the Jets have put an absolutely terrible product on the field on offense. And they were the thing is, many of these cannot be second guesses. Many of these, the issues were obvious in front of us before the season started. So you can't look back and say, oh, well, you know, you couldn't have predicted that. You very easily could have predicted that Alan Lazard was not going to cut it as a number two receiver. Well, Cole Hardman, you know, a guy who in the Kansas City offense has put up role player numbers and they brought him in. And, you know, maybe you were expecting him to be better, but it's not like he was going to be that much better. He couldn't produce with Kansas City. This offense was built terribly. This offense was, and Randall Cobb, who was just completely washed up last year in Green Bay, they bring him in. These things were predictable. Aaron Rodgers' injury was not predictable, but the futility you're seeing on offense, I mean, it's the result of things that were predictable. And the offense should simply not be this bad. And if you watch that game, you know that the offense held this team back. Offense scored six points in this game. In fact, the defense scored two points. They, they got a safety. And the only touchdown that was scored by Atlanta in this game was the result of a fumble on offense where the, that gave the, the uh, Falcons a short field. The Jets did not allow a drive of more than 52 yards in this game on defense. But the offense can't win, even no matter what the defense does. Unless the defense wins this game 2-0, the Jets had no shot. Just very frustrating. And at the top of the list of frustrations is the quarterback play of Tim Boyle. I know the Jets have been getting bad quarterback play all year, but Tim Boyle takes it to another level. And as we continue this Monday edition of Lockdown Jets, we're going to start asking some questions about how this guy's on the team because I'm just so tired of it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Therapy has many broad benefits. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen or first watch every day. And a big shout out to you every day. As I know it's not easy to hear about the New York Jets every day. It's certainly not easy just to watch them on Sundays, but really do appreciate your support for this show. The Jets lost to the Atlanta Falcons 13 to 8 yesterday. Jets fans deserve so much better than what they've seen. And yeah, one area you have to look at is the quarterback position. And yeah, fine. I know the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, who's a first battle Hall of Famer this offseason, but the plan behind Aaron Rodgers has made no sense. And we it's a weekly thing we talk about, but these are the options the Jets have at quarterback right now. Number one is Zach Wilson, who the Jets themselves admitted at the very least needed a couple of years to sit down, who would not benefit from playing. And somehow the Jets went into the season with him as the number one backup, one hit away from becoming the starter again. Explain to me how that makes sense. They also have Trevor Simeon, who wasn't even on an NFL roster at the start of the season. He got into the game yesterday and you know looked as you would expect Trevor Simeon to look. He's not particularly great quarterback. At this point, he actually might be the best option the Jets have if you're under the mindset that Zach Wilson's not going to benefit from playing because Tim Boyle's unplayable. And I, I think you have to question what the Jets saw in this guy because the college production was not there. He was a subpar quarterback in college. If you look at his numbers from UConn, where you know he couldn't cut it at UConn, then he goes to Eastern Kentucky, and even then it's pretty mediocre. Somehow he lands a spot in the NFL. You know, he plays with Green Bay. He gets a couple starts with Detroit. 
I really would like to know what they saw on the film in college or in the NFL that suggested this guy could play quarterback in this league because the Jets' offensive issues go well beyond the quarterback position. I think we know that. I think a lot of quarterbacks would be hard-pressed to have much success with this offensive unit right now. The uh, off- you know, the offensive lines just, just can't block anybody. And they had more struggles in, in yesterday's game. The receiver group, we went over it. They have Garrett Wilson, who's very good. And they have nothing beyond that. I mean, they have Alan Lazard and some undrafted rookies who were beating out the guys, the veterans they thought were going to play for them. I mean, now you have two undrafted rookies, Jason Brownlee and Xavier Gibson, who are essentially are ahead of Randall Cobb on the depth chart. You know, it wasn't Cobb the quote-unquote solid veteran who, know, who quote-unquote knew the system. And Nicole Hardman, who's not even here anymore, who got had to be traded back to Kansas City. This is the state of the offense. But, you know, everything's wrong with the offense. And I think one of the dangers you have when everything's broken is you just absolve each piece individually. You say, well, the receivers don't have a good quarterback throwing to them. So can't blame the receivers. Quarterback can't block for himself. Can't blame the quarterback. Well, the skill guys aren't doing well, so you can't blame the offense. It's everybody's fault. And if each individual piece was better, the offense would be better. The offense can only get to its current state when nobody's working effectively. That's how it is. And the Jets have not scored more than one touchdown offensively in a game in eight games. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I, I keep running out of adjectives to describe how bad this offense is. But in this game, I mean, I think you have to look at the quarterback position, just how in over his head Tim Boyle was. I, this guy can't make reads. And I, yeah, I guess maybe it, sometimes he gets the ball out quickly, but he's not making the correct read. He's not getting it to the right place. That's a key, that's a key part of playing the quarterback position in this league. I mean, how many times, probably two or three times on a critical third down, Garrett Wilson was wide open for a big game. Boyle didn't throw him the ball. That's your number one receiver. And look, there were plenty of sins Zach Wilson had, but Zach Wilson funneled the ball to Garrett Wilson. And that was a smart thing because when you don't have many good receivers, you look to your number one guy because odds are if your other options are Alan Lazard or some undrafted rookies or Randall Cobb, the guy who's going to be open is Garrett Wilson. And Boyle's not even looking to him on key downs. I mean, the, the decision-making is bad. How about that interception? I mean, that interception, Boyle, three, he threw an absolute duck down the field. I mean, the guy never challenges the deep part of the field, except for instances where he shouldn't. This guy brings nothing to the table. I mean, the offense was never going to work with this guy. And again, like this is something that was very predictable. Yes, I get it. He was the number three quarterback. In fact, he began the season on the practice squad. So the plan was never to play him. But how did they think this guy could like, run anything? A number three quarterback, what I look for is... Somebody who could run like a limited set of plays, you know, you're going to be in trouble if he has to play like more than one week. But, you know, this guy can up- execute a few plays that can get the ball moving until the defense figures out what, what what you're doing. Like, that's what I expect out of a number three quarterback. I haven't seen anything. And again, you could go back to college. You could talk about what he's done in the NFL. Why did they think this guy could execute? Why did they bring him in? And why did they give him not just one start, but two starts? I'm not entirely sure why the Jets thought he was the right guy to replace Zach Wilson. But I'm even less sure how this guy got a second start in this game because he was dreadful in this game. Uh, the number, you, the numbers probably understate how shaky Boyle was in this game. Uh, the Jets couldn't do anything on offense. And when you're getting so little out of, out of the quarterback position, that's tough to overcome. I, I am just beside myself that this is the option the Jets put on the field. I'm beside myself that this is the guy the Jets viably thought was a depth player at the quarterback position. And I, I, look, I don't know if the Jets are going to win games with Trevor Simeon, but 
I've seen Trevor Simeon play better than Tim Boyle, not in this game. And part of that was probably they threw Simeon in in the fourth quarter. I mean, they should have let him take over at halftime. They should have given him a full week of practice. Look, I don't want to make Simeon out to be a great option. I mean, at some level, some level, you're just throwing one of three bad options out there. It's not like any of these quarterbacks are going to be good enough to turn the season around. It's not like any of these three quarterbacks are going to be good enough to surmount the challenges that the Jets offense puts on them, which are formidable. But I don't see what of the three options how Tim Boyle is the one that's the least bad. And I think that's the the phrase the phrase that has to be used. It's not so much that you have a better or best quarterback. You just have op- one option that may be least less bad than all the others. This is not the least bad option. Tim Boyle, he can't do anything right. He can't read defenses. He can't throw an accurate football. He doesn't throw on time. He doesn't look for his number one receiver. I mean, there are lots of reasons the Jets lost this game, almost all of them on offense. You know, a lot of them are the receivers, a lot of them the, the offensive line. A lot of it's Nathaniel Hackett, who just can't scheme anything up offensively. This is the worst schemed offense I've ever seen. Nothing, he doesn't do anything that makes it easier for his guys. But Tim Boyle, a quarterback, this is not a solution. Tim Boyle should not be on a roster right now. Jets ought to cut him. You free up a roster spot for somebody who actually has some potential. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll end the show with kind of a positive note because we're going to talk about the defense, which is pretty good and kind of an excellent game in this one. It's maybe not so good to talk about because the Jets wasted a stellar defensive performance, and we'll get into that continuing this Monday edition of Lockdown Jets. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You could tell I'm very frustrated with the New York Jets right now. I just can't believe that this is the product they put on the field for their fans. And I feel bad for anybody who went to that game yesterday. But with the holidays coming and with the season winding down and it's a lost season for the Jets, I have to tell you, there it can be fun to go out to MetLife Stadium when the Jets are out of the race. Tickets are usually pretty inexpensive. And you can find great tickets on game time. I've used the app myself, and it's super easy to use. They find you the deals you want to find. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N N F L LockedOnNFL one word with no space for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. We're going to end the show with a kind of positive note, but it has a negative spin to it. And talk about the game the Jets defense played. The Jets' defense held the Falcons to 3.03 yards per play. So I gave you a stat a little bit earlier about how the Jets on offense have provided the NFL three of the 12 games this season, three of the 12 individual performances where an offense has averaged less than 3.1 yards per play. The reason I know that is because I looked it up, because I wanted to see how common it was in the NFL, because that's what the Jets did to the Falcons in this game. Jets' defense dominated Atlanta's offense. Again, no drives longer than 52 yards. Atlanta's only touchdown drive came on a short field. Jets defense scored. And what I found is that 12 times this year, and a defense has held an opposing offense to less than 3.1 yards in a game. They have won 11 of those 12 games. The Jets yesterday became the first team in the NFL in 2023 to lose a game where their defense held the opponent to less than 3.1 yards per play. That's the state of the offense where the defense can play like that. The Jets can still lose a game. It doesn't matter what this unit does. And that's a shame because this is a really good defense. And I'll take it even further. It's been more than two calendar years since a team lost a game holding the opponent to less than 3.1 yards per play. 
in the last five years, teams that hold their opponent to less than 3.1 yards per play, 48 and four. That's how hard it is to lose a game where the Jets defense dominated like that. And the Jets defense did dominate. I mean, it started with the safety, gave the Jets a nothing lead. And I only halfway jokingly say that at that point, I'm hoping maybe the Jets can win this game 2 nothing because the defense is really good. Atlanta doesn't have a particularly dynamic offense, but it was not meant to be in part because the Jets turned the ball over and gave the Falcons a short field. You know, Jets got on the board, Quinn and Williams and Ashton Davis. Yeah, two guys. <laughs> they just they just destroyed this one play in the end zone and helped the Jets get a safety. And you know, Quinton Williams may not be putting up the numbers he did a year ago, but he's having an excellent season. He's having another Pro Bowl caliber season. Maybe a half step down from what he did a year ago, but don't be fooled by the numbers. Sometimes numbers don't tell the whole story, especially for interior defensive linemen who deal with a lot of traffic, who you know aren't always able to get into the backfield, who sometimes do their job by eating up double teams, triple teams, and allowing other guys to make plays. Quinton Williams having a dominant season, but you know Ashton Davis over the last couple of weeks, man, he's become a player. I never thought I'd see it. I mean, this is a guy I've been very critical of through the years, and I got to give as much as I'll criticize the Jets coaching staff on a lot of stuff. Their work with Ashton Davis has been great because there's something that's very subtle that's been happening with Ashton Davis, and you probably haven't noticed it because they haven't changed his position designation. But Ashton Davis, even though he's listed as a safety, they essentially use him in a linebacker role at this point, and. You know, the difference between a box safety and a linebacker in the Jets' defensive scheme, you know, it's not, it's not that big of a distinction. They're essentially doing the same things. Ashton Davis barely plays deep safety anymore, and that's that's turned his career around. He was awful playing the deep safety. He was too aggressive. He, ran, he was out of control with the way he ran. Instead of just leaving him in the box or leaving him, you know, close to the line of scrimmage, they'll play him in the slot. And that's where he's at his best because – you know, first of all, he doesn't have as much ground to travel, so he's not going to take bad angles. You know, when you have a big distance to travel, sometimes you take it's easier to take a bad angle because there's more paths along the way that could be wrong for you. Whereas Ashton Davis is playing close to the line, he hits hard. And you know, the Jets front office and coaching staff got a lot of got a lot of, a lot of grief two years ago when on day three of the draft they picked two safeties, uh, Jamie and Sherwood and Humpson Nasraldine, with the idea of converting them to linebacker. I always thought that that was a little overblown in part because the difference between a box safety and a linebacker in the Jets defense is overstated. It's, they essentially do the same things. Um, but Ashton Davis is essentially doing this, doing that right now. I, I view him as more of a number three linebacker for this team, and he's playing really well, and he's become a valuable special teamer. I, I didn't think I'd see the day, but I really actually kind of want to see Ashton Davis back next year. I want to see this guy get a second contract with this team. But you look, the Jets' corners, Great as always. In fact, you know the the Fox announcers even kind of suggested that the Falcons did not want to challenge the Jets' corners. You know, Arthur Smith, and when they when he spoke to them in the production meeting, they real, the Fox announcer said this. They said, "We're well, we're going to try and work the middle of the field with Kyle Pitts. We don't want to test these these Jets' corners." And you can tell why because even the times when Pitts went up against DJ Reed, DJ really held his own, even as an undersized guy. And DJ had an interception that was wiped off by kind of a bogus penalty that they called on him. Uh, you know. Just a really good performance all the way around by the Jets' defense. And unfortunately, this is a defense whose efforts are being wasted by the offense. Because, I mean, think about what I just told you. Jets gave you, at least in terms of yards per play, one of the top 12 performances a defense has had in a single game this year. And somehow they still lost. Didn't allow the Falcons to sustain a drive for the entire game. And somehow still lost. I mean, what more can this defense do? I understand they've had some bad weeks. You know, a couple of weeks ago against Buffalo was not good. Last week against Miami, you know, they weren't terrible, but they weren't spectacular. But it's really frustrating because when I say the Jets are the worst team in the NFL, 
it's amazing that I could say that with a def- with a, one of the two, the two units being this good. I think you could even argue the special teams is a very good unit. They had some nice plays on punts in in this game. It's tough to believe that a team could be this bad, and it's all based on, on one side of the ball. And again, I think a lot of these issues were very predictable. They were very easy to foresee, and the Jets simply did not foresee them. Anyway, we're going to talk a lot more about this offense. I'm not done talking about how frustrated I am with the Jets' front office, with their coaching staff, with everything that's been done to put together this offense. But we'll get to that in future episodes of the show. That's all for today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the show, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out. It helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Hope you have a great Monday, everybody. Try and... You know, hang in there despite this Jets loss. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.